Welcome to Ask of Expert, brought to you by the team at Vexit.com. Our bi-weekly series is the podcast helping business owners, managers, and professionals thrive in the world of modern work. Here's this week's host, Polly Craig. As business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders, we understand the importance of knowing our strengths and to focus on doing the things that we love while hiring others or outsourcing the things that we aren't great at or maybe even loathe doing. But what happens when it comes to things such as financial planning, insurance, and planning for our future? These important things may not be our strength, and we certainly may loathe dealing with them, but deep down, we know it's up to us to take control, have a plan, and make sure we execute it. And while we can't completely outsource it, finding and building a relationship with the right professional is the perfect starting point. Lucky for us, today we have this episode's Vexpert, Jennifer Snyder, with us. Jen brings with her 20 years of experience in investing and has now married it with planning and insurance and has done it in a way that's digestible for anyone. Jen created Doyen Financial, an all-female-run company with a focus on clients' plans and overall organization for their wealth management. Welcome to the show, Jen. It's great to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Polly. So, you know, I looked at your background. I thought, wow, it's really interesting because often we seem to have silos when it comes to, you know, it's financial planning or insurance or wealth management. So can you just uh, take us into how did you bring this all together? And did you create this company based on the needs of your clients needing all of it and bringing it together? Well, and just to be clear, the uh, Doyen Financial is the portfolio management uh, company. There is Doyen Insurance and Estate Planning. And so that is naturally the insurance and estate planning side of things. Both of them are all female run. So uh, it still holds it still holds true. Yes, the, the short answer is yes. I, I created uh, both of those companies with the needs of former clients, as well as uh, as my own uh, professional uh, needs. I've felt the need to to not have to be second-guessed, you know, on a, on a regular basis and to be able to do the things that I thought were right uh, in business and for clients. And I hated having to have to justify that over and over again when I really, in my gut, I knew uh, what I needed to be doing. And so I, I went with that. And actually, uh, clients that that had been uh, longtime clients of mine uh, understood perfectly, especially the business owners, uh, because those uh, it's really a, a different feeling to know that you can do exactly what you mean to be doing when you mean to be doing it without having to, to justify uh, over and over again. So take us into, you know, your day-to-day world. You're working with, we'll use a business owner or an entrepreneur as an example. How does the relationship start? I mean, often, you know, these are things that are difficult things. People have a problem sometimes feeling vulnerable because they may not know everything. And there's a lot of assumption that comes into play. Yet we know this is something that has to be dealt with. And once it you have a plan, it just feels so great. But how do you get across that first hurdle? Well, I've, I've been in the business, like you say, for, for 20 years. So, you know, how does the relationship start? I usually know them for several years before uh, we even talk about business. You know, there may be some peripheral questions here and there, some, you know, snide jokes about the the market and what, what it's doing or not doing. For sure. Um, but... 
usually uh, what happens is there is a, a pain point. There is something that is eating at them. And it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes I, I find the pain point when I don't mean to. Give us an example of a pain point. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a, some specific examples. I was actually at a meeting with a, a group of entrepreneurs and I didn't really know them very well at all. I knew one guy, uh, there were four of them. I didn't really know their situation, but I was walking them through how a company should be set up and the kinds of things that you should be doing in terms of insurance and buy-sell agreements and you know how to organize your, your life with your business and your partners because partnerships can be really hard. And this, this was a corporation, but still you're dealing with other uh, business owners. And that can be such a difficult thing to do because very often you're in a different situation either financially or emotionally or, or what have you than some of your other partners. And I, so I was in this meeting and I brought up oddly a very specific, I'm not going to mention it, uh, a very specific example of how, you know, a spouse may, uh, may waylay a business deal uh, because of, you know, their own insecurities. And so that's something that you have to deal with. Well, that very specific uh, situation was exactly how uh, how one of the business owners met uh, his wife. And so he'd, I just really laser pointed in on that. Unbeknownst to me, luckily, they all had a good laugh about it. But, but oh, you know what? Sort of interrupt, but on that point, don't hmm. you find that often when people hear other people share their story that they can relate to, it gives them that feeling of, oh, I'm not alone. I thought I was the only one going through this. So through the storytelling and the courage to be a little bit vulnerable and, and share your pain, that others can then have permission to almost step across that line. You are absolutely right. And actually, something happened uh, just about a month ago. Somebody that I've known for years, a business uh, professional, she's, she's not a business owner. She's certainly uh, a business professional. And she came to me in tears. She just, you know, texted me out of the blue. Uh, we're friends, as I said, we'd never had any uh, business relationship, but she's absolutely in tears. And because she recognized just in that moment, because, you know, she's separated from her, uh, from her spouse, she's got a new baby, she's trying to, you know, work it all out. And like so many people, um, she thought that she had to know everything that there was to know up until this point, right? She's a, she's a, a woman in her 40s. And why doesn't she know everything? Why doesn't she feel more secure about where she is? And so we had to have a little, we had to have a, a heart to heart about, you know, not everybody knows everything. It's impossible to know that. You have to forgive yourself. You have to let yourself be good at the things that you're good at and allow other people into your life to help you with the things that you're not. And exactly. One of the things that I find is so rewarding and is so beneficial, and, and this is uh, with business owners as well as with the business professionals, there, there seems to be some commonality there, is that I, I feel in a lot of cases that we this is a pure, not a pure mentoring relationship, but it's kind of like that, right? We are, we are peers in a lot of ways. We just know different things. And so we get to share, you know, they tell me that they've got problems with them, 
with investments or savings or banking? Or how do you handle this kind of situation as opposed to this? Or, you know, what's this insurance? How do I save taxes? All of that stuff. So they might ask me about those uh, types of things. And I might ask them, you know, if it's a lawyer, for example, I've got a good uh, friend of mine. Uh, she's a she's a lawyer, very very smart, but she still has questions uh, to ask. And so, of course, I'll I'll come back to her on you know how do you set this up or how do you set that up. It's actually a really useful way to be able to interact because you're respecting the other person. You're of course you know you're you're not using them to the point where you know you need to be billed or anything, but but you're learning together because it's important for me to know what your where your head's at where your where you think that you need help right so you're kind of identifying their strengths while being able to compensate in areas that maybe that's your strength so it it really becomes a true you know, partnership tends to be an overused word, but it really is making a taking a holistic approach because you're able to complement. Well, you know, the funny thing is that one of the one of the uh, things that I've discovered in in all of this time is you know collaboration, and people are using that word quite a bit. But I think that you know words are tricky. Collaboration, I think, needs to be defined, or at least it needs to be defined for what it isn't. And collaboration is not that we work together until I get what I want, right? right. Yeah, collaboration is supposed, we're both supposed to benefit from this. And I think that that is one thing, uh, especially in financial services, right? Everyone's, Everyone's got their ears wide open until they find, oh, what product can I put into this situation? Or, you know, what service can I sell you in order to do X, Y, Z? And of course, that's part of business. Everybody understands that. But when you stop listening at that point, then the relationship stops growing. And whether you're getting money on a regular basis or not, that is now transactional. Absolutely. So can you just dive a little bit deeper into the actual, you know, you've got a potential client, you have built a relationship with somebody, they come to you. What I'm hearing, and I think what you're saying is the importance of you listening, understanding what it is that they look for, because sometimes the person may not know what it is that they're looking for. You could identify, I was intrigued when you said, you know, you've got your financial investments, you've got insurance uh, and your wealth planning. How do they overlay? And at at what point? Um, Because I would rather have a relationship with somebody who can provide me all of those components because they do work together. And more and more, because you've got tax issues and and things that that over, you know, they're dovetailing. So can you help us understand the actual work and examples of how those things work together? Yes. So very often in what we do in financial services is we try and create teams so that we keep everything all in-house, which can be a very useful way to do it. You know, if you can find the Cracker Jack financial planner and the the best lawyer and the best bookkeeper and, and all those kinds of things, and uh, and that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. But very often, you know, some of these people are entrepreneurial themselves. So they don't want to be on your team. They want to exist in their own right. And so one of the ways that I work uh, is under a real wealth manager uh, framework. And what that means is, is that you work within 
a team of professionals for the betterment of the client. And so sometimes that means, like I said, Paul, you may have great lawyer that you that you trust, you know and trust. So we're talking about estate issues, for example. I'm not going to suggest another lawyer. I'm not going to go to another lawyer. I'm going to go to your lawyer and we're going to work together under this uh, framework so that we can share information so that I don't so that they don't have to tell you and then you tell me and then I go back to you because it's painful. As a business owner, the last thing you need to do is have the same conversation twice, let alone three times once you get the accountant involved. So that is a huge way that I find clients are so thankful is that you can work outside of your own company. Now, in, in, in my case, I did create the portfolio management company. So Hannah is the portfolio manager. So she does the investment side of things. I, of course, uh, am the compliance officer and the president there. And But then on the financial planning and insurance side, I do the insurance and the financial planning. So that's a natural, you know, we're, we're working together, of course, but under separate regulatory environment. That's really important to say just because, you know, there is a separate regulatory environment. Absolutely. And is that a unique model that, you, no. that you've, you've set up or no. does it happen, but it just happens to be, you know, this is putting you as the sort of the, the middle of the, the wheel, so to speak, on behalf of the client, pulling everyone. So the collaboration takes place because, you know, when you don't really love working, like, Somebody gave me a good example. You know, people are comfortable talking about a will, and that talks about death. But they veer away from things like insurance and wealth planning because and prenups because that's when you're living. But it, when you're living is the whole point. Like, you need to have it set up properly. That is exactly the whole point. I mean, the pain comes... When you don't do things well, when you don't do things properly, and again, there's so much shame about money and about knowledge of money and about knowledge of what to do. So many times, and I'll give you actually a very good example, Uh, a doctor, friend of mine in his 30s, right? So he was just coming out of residency and he, uh, he had a ton of debt a ton of debt, not just student debt, but you know, you get into that idea. Well, I'm going to be making a lot of money. So I'm going to start running at that on that treadmill uh, at that pace, right? At that spending pace. And he wasn't yet making that money. And so I had to sit him down and say, listen, it's, this isn't a, this isn't a, a wag your finger kind of moment, but you have an opportunity here to come out of residency without any debt and start really build, building wealth and not having to worry as much about you know your day-to-day finances. All of these tools are available to you. Uh, and again, the, the RSPs, the, the PPPs, the personal pension plans, insurance, all of these things to be able to set up your life so that not that you can be on autopilot because you always have to have your, your brain on a little bit. And I think that that is a very common thing with uh, with business owners, especially is, you know, they in a way they want to be able to hand the job over. Right? I want to be able to hire somebody competent to do it, run my life. How many times have people told me, can you just run my life for me? That would be great. <laughs> and and I can and, I, and I'll charge for it. And uh, that's fine, except for that's not really what you want. Right. 
what you really want is for me to tell you along the way what is going on, what uh, what are the major things that you need to know so that you can make good, rational decisions for you and your family now and in the future. So that is such a great example because then you get the whole mental health aspect that comes into it because people can sleep at night. You know, once you have that plan and you, would you include a budget in there and how often do you check back? And can you give us a glimpse into what kinds of tools you would include? You mentioned a few there, but you know, a student coming or a resident who's now going to be making all this money, remembering that they all have have to pay tax on that money. Can you go a little deeper on it? Sure. Well, one of the tools, uh, a good friend of mine created a personal pension plan. His name is JP Laporte. He's from Integris. And what he did was he created, it's similar to an individual pension plan. It's just a little bit more on steroids. And what it does is it expands on the ability to put, to sock money away into a registered vehicle. And it takes advantage of the pension law, which is separate, much like insurance, actually. Insurance and pensions are, they've been kind of protected in this whole regulatory atmosphere uh, because they are separate entities. They're not just, you know, broad financial services. So they're they're very specific. But in a, a PPP, for example, you're able to sock away large amount of money. You have creditor protection, uh, for example, uh, you're able to income split. You know, the, there's you're on on death. There's some wonderful things that happen to your CDA, which is the capital dividend account. For those that don't know, capital dividend account allows you to withdraw money from your corporation uh, on a tax free basis. So little things like that, like little little bits that come out of planning something properly that are going to drip into being able to pull out money on a tax efficient basis later. So that is a that is a, a perfect example. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. That's a great example. Now, that would be for an individual. What if it's a, a business owner and they're you know, now in a situation where they're profitable, they're moving forward, they may be thinking about you know, succession planning down, down the road. They don't know whether they should keep the business and pay themselves dividends or sell the business. Do you have an example in that situation? Actually, it comes up quite often. And I've, uh, I'm working with a few people right now that are in a similar situation. One of the things that their, uh, that their tax advisor has told them is there's no point in this specific instance. It, may, it might be different for others. But in this specific instance, there's no point in keeping cash in the business, right? Don't build up all of this cash in the business because if you do go to sell it, you know, it's, it's not, it's cash is cash. So you might as well do something with it. Now, whether that's dividend out, that's certainly an option. One of the, one of the partners has decided doing a, it's called a corporate asset uh, transfer. So I'll give you the short strokes on this is that, your, the corporation buys the life insurance 
on the uh, business owner with uh, the business being the beneficiary. And what it uh, allows is that as the cash value inside the the policy uh, grows, you're able to then either withdraw some of that cash value on a taxable basis or borrow against that cash value on a non-taxable basis. And so again, that may be, depending on the situation, it may be a way to be able to withdraw money from the corporation, uh, put it into your hands personally, and you have to be okay with things, you know, like having having debt and, and those kinds of things. But it's a way to be able to do that rather than just taking the dividends and taking the, the tax hit. And that's a really good point. So when... It's an insurance policy. So when the, and it's owned by the corporation, but mm-hmm. it's insuring the owners. Mm-hmm. So what happens when the owners die? Do the, does that money come out tax-free? That money goes to the, uh, to the corporation. And as I said, it, uh, it does wonderful things uh, for the, uh, again, for the capital dividend account. So what you're doing is it pays off, uh, if you borrowed against it, it pays off that, uh, that loan. So that is now nil. And then uh, anything else goes on to uh, any beneficiaries. That is a very interesting little tidbit it's, of information there. It is exceedingly helpful because, you know, it, it's two birds, really. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to identify, uh, other than the pain points, when we're looking for solutions, we're trying to identify when we can find solutions that solve a few problems, you know, use the same dollar, ideally use the same dollar or part of a dollar over and over again. And that's the same situation. I mean, a really basic example is, you know, uh, the RSP using up your RSP contribution room and using that rather than to pay down your mortgage, for example, to further reduce your taxable income in the next year. That is what I call a good positive savings cycle. You know, rather than, you know, borrowing, you can borrow to, to put into RSP, but if you're if you're doing it in advance, if you've got even if it's you know five thousand, ten thousand dollars, get yourself into that positive savings cycle and it will do you so many favors. And then you've got that money to put into TIFSA, then you've got that money to pay down your mortgage, you know, the, those kinds of things. Really great, great insights. And, you know, again, so many times we put this on the back burner Mm -hmm. because, you know, day-to-day life is moving on. And, you know, as we start to age and we've got illnesses happening and you see what's happening with friends, what about the communication side, you know, keeping track of everything and transitioning business and personal situations to the next generation and how do you communicate with that? Do you get involved at all with, with that component? Because sometimes you're dealing with split families and various situations that may require some sort of mediation almost. Yeah, there's, there's uh, the split families definitely uh, requires a little bit of stick handling, right? You, you need to be aware of where everyone is that, you know, you don't need to get into their to to their daily uh, lives, but you just have need to have an idea of of where everyone is on the on the ice when it comes to families that are that are still together because that's a, that's a little bit easier. One of the things that I've taken great joy in in the last year 
because well because I have in in thinking about the the kinds of things that I like to do the kinds of things that I'm good at uh, one of them was teaching and so I started thinking to myself you know I'm going to use this as as an opportunity get out there and teach as often as I possibly can because that's when I think I'm being most useful and I like to feel useful generally absolutely So one of the things that I've done is I've started working with uh, clients' children. And, you know, we have a quarterly call just to just be in them. I mean, the the parents can can be there, uh, you know, in the background and whatever. But the conversation really is between me and them. And what we do is we just talk about basics, just the basics. What does what does savings look like? You know, what is. Uh, short-term savings, what's long-term savings, what are examples of those kinds of things? And how would you, where would you put that money? Where would you put short-term as opposed to long-term savings? And, and, you know, if you wanted to buy something, you know, how would you do that? How, what is the process to teach them, just take it step-by-step because they actually, they do have a lot of questions about it. They're just nervous about asking. And really, that is no different between children and adults when it comes to finances, when they don't know, they're just nervous about asking. So you have to have a little bit of space, have a little bit of room, like you say, um, let them let them know what, what um, deficiencies I've had. Uh, Lord knows I've had them. Well, that's uh-huh. such a great idea because you think, you know, they may ask their parents, the parents may not have the answer. That's not their expertise. You know, by bringing in an expert like you where it's, you are a teacher. You know, people aren't afraid to ask questions at school. That's what they're supposed to do. Put your hand up. And it also gives them, I'm assuming, a f- real feeling of independence and, and control over their, their future. You know, one comment I know my daughter made to me who's in uh, grad school right now is, you know, that she wished that there were, you know, finance courses that were part of her science curriculum through university. And because, as you say, they come out thinking that they're going to be making this money, but they have no idea how to pay down the, the debt properly. You know, you've got interest rates that are so low right now that is going to have a different impact. What if those interest rates skyrocket and you're left in a situation where you're unable to, to, to live? Right. And the, the thing is, you know, if it, it, it's about understanding what money goes where and what it does to you. Um, you know, when you, when, you, when you put it, when you take it off of a credit card, when you put it into a savings account, you have to understand just the mechanics of how that works. You always need uh, somebody else to, to come in and, and help with the, the actual fine-tuning and everything, but to just understand the, the mechanics I find is so useful. And in those situations, I find in some cases, the parents are listening, but they're learning at the same time because they didn't want to ask these questions. And because I'm, I'm entering at a really base level, they can feel comfortable in just, oh, oh, that was an interesting thing that you said. Do you mean that when X, Y, and Z, and you know that um, it's a nice non-judgmental way to learn and that way they can have 
that to talk about, right? They have that shared experience. Absolutely. And then you walk away from that feeling just that much more in control of your future and that you've, you know, that's a tick box. Absolutely. And it gets you to the next step. This has been great, Jennifer. What things haven't we touched on? I know you've got a lot of experience in all sorts of areas. Can you take us to another area that maybe we haven't hit on yet? I think the actually uh, one thing, and especially because uh, in the last year, this may be occurring a little bit more often. And this has to do with couples who earn money differently. So, uh, you know, sometimes, and, I, and I've got an example of this, sometimes you'll have somebody who is a commission-based salesperson, like a real estate agent. Real estate agents, uh, when, they're, when they're really good at what they do, they can make a significant income. And like a doctor, they may get used to that income. Now, that's where the similarities end because uh, when you're commission sales, it isn't always steady. It isn't always a, a base amount. And when you're married to someone who uh, maybe doesn't earn as much income, who maybe earns a salary, and doesn't have uh, a sophistication uh, when it comes to uh, finances. Hopefully this isn't the case, but if neither of you has, you know, great financial knowledge, it can lead to some really dangerous kind of behavior, financial behavior. And, and that that is about debt. That is about, you know, entitlement uh, to, you know, expensive things and vacations and, and all those kinds of things. So I, again, I, I had a woman call me up. This is a few years ago. And her, her friend was a business owner and we had talked through some, some things. So he thought that this was a good fit. And we spent a few hours going over what the behaviors were and what she felt. And of course, I'm only hearing her side. What she felt was the problem. And in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, and um, when it comes to couples, there's not one person at fault, right? There is a lack of understanding and very often having somebody sit in the middle or just on on one side and say, you need to stop talking and start listening. And if you're uncomfortable, if you can't sleep at night because of the, the way that the structure of your finances or because you don't know about the structure of your finances, you need to do something about that. And that does not mean start a fight and it does not mean get divorced because that <laughs> never makes anybody richer. No. <laughs> so what you need to do is get some information, start learning about it, get yourself a little bit more comfortable with, you know, why you might do X instead of Z. Maybe what your partner is doing is exactly the right thing, but you just don't know it. And so if you can bring up your knowledge level so that you guys can can talk and trust each other with that information, that becomes, it's a marriage saver. Yeah, really good point. Really good point. And I'm, I know that through what we're learning with people coming onto the Vexit platform, looking for professionals, that family law is the number one being sought after. There's so much divorce going on now, which you know, if we can solve things outside of having professional fees involved, makes everyone's lives so much better. One area that we didn't touch on that I just wondered if you had some input, you had mentioned way back, just organizing 
businesses that have partners. Do you have any examples of uh, exactly what you meant there? Is it similar to a marriage in that there's misconceptions or misunderstandings and different views? Well, you know, it's um, I, I've never been married, uh, but of course I have witnessed many, many, many marriages and unfortunately quite a few divorces. So, you know, there is a, a certain level of experience there, but uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, being in business together is very similar to any kind of relationship, really. And the big thing, the biggest thing I find is in being honest about what you expect from yourself, what you expect from the other people, what the value of that uh, set of skills is. And that changes over time because, you know, uh, and I, I can, I can practically uh, tell how old someone is based on, you know, what they say about what they, how they run in their business, because it, it is very, it is very similar, right? You, you get to a certain point and I'll, I'll give an example. The, uh, there was a, a business owner who was quite a bit older than his uh, up and coming partner. The partner had only bought in, you know, 10% or something like that. And so uh, he was looking at, at selling off, but he didn't want to let the reins go. So they were, they were having arguments, right? Because the, the young partner wanted to start doing all kinds of new and innovative and this and that and the other thing instead of doing paper this and whatever. And the older uh, business owner, it was just causing him nothing but grief. And so, you know, I, I just stepped in just as a, as a friend, right? And to say, listen, you need to, to do something about this. You need to structure it properly so that you guys understand what you're going to get out of it when and, and set some, some clear boundaries. And it's the same thing with, with any kind of relationship, uh, you know, getting into a marriage without a, at least the talk that surrounds a prenuptial agreement maybe a prenup isn't necessary. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but you should at least have the talk about, you know, how are we going to handle finances? How are we going to make decisions? How are, uh, you know, all of those things. And in that business owner's case, what ended up happening is he was never going to leave the business. When I first met him, he was going to work until he was dead. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he was ready to be out and he said, Jen, okay, I'm, I'm selling my business and I want to be out in two months, like preferably next month. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have not set this up because you said you were not ready. And so you have to, you have to now as an advisor, recognize the signs. And, you know, that was the first time I had dealt with that. So now I can see the signs leading up to it and I can guide them a little bit so that we have things prepared so that it's not super rushed and chaotic uh, because that's the last thing you need when you're leaving a business is to have all those emotions guiding your decisions and probably making bad decisions. Well, and the emotion, especially, you know, when you, it's been your business for a long time, the emotions can override what the practical decisions need to be. And one thing that is interesting, I always find it helpful I wish that professional advisors would, on a more regular basis, you know, contact and keep up to date. And often because it's the things that, you know, 
I don't want to have to deal with all this stuff. It's not in my wheelhouse. And so it gets put off and I don't want to just deal with it at tax time. And But to have that reminder, do you do that for your clients that you're the one like, why isn't, why don't professionals like have a rhythm and, and drive the relationship? It, it's like you have business, you have clients. It's up to me as the business. You know, you have regular check-ins, you survey them, you ask them, you, they're customers. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be the same relationship when dealing with professionals. No, I, I agree. And actually to, to your point, uh, I set up a, a a thing with the portfolio management side of the business that whenever Hannah makes a trade in the models, she sends out an email, just a, a blanket email to anybody in those models saying, uh, this is what we did. This is why we did it. And this is the consequence, you know, uh, again, a loss, uh, whatever that you're now in a different area, whatever the, the case may be. And I was so pleasantly surprised at, uh, but a little bit mortified, how thankful people were. <laughs> just that, exactly. just that little thing. Because, and, uh, you know, you think that they're not listening, right? You think that because, you know, when you meet them once a year and you start to tell them all of the myriad of things, their eyes glass uh, glaze over and, and you think that you, they're not listening. What I've learned is that you're giving them too much at once. If you give them a little bit, and I'm, I'm not saying it in a condescending way, I'm saying we're all busy people and we're dealing with our own things. So, you know, give me the 30 seconds of, oh, you're out of gold and you're into financial services. Got it. Gold, bad, financial services, good. I'm... Uh, you know, I <laughs> thank maybe. you. Yeah, thank you. And why can't we just make it easy, easier at least? You know, uh, on people, so that when we do meet on the annual basis, we can talk about larger scale things. Instead yeah, of- it's such a good point because then it stills that confidence. Then, if somebody else wants to, you know, you run into people all the time that. Well, why aren't I dealing with that person? They're interesting. So invest in the retention of a relationship, just like any business would with their customer base. Yeah. And honestly, just like any relationship in your life, you know, if, if you expect to keep that relationship, you have to be a part of it. You have to participate in it. And that doesn't just mean, again, the, the collaboration doesn't just mean that, you know, we're working on this until, you know, you pay me on a regular basis. That's not how this works. Wow. Well, I think that is the perfect place to end because (laughs) we definitely, I think, collaborated on this episode to come to some really great takeaways for our audience. And we really appreciate having you here, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Well, that was a lot of great information from our Vexpert, Jennifer Snyder with Doyen Financial. And we do take the show notes for you. You can find them at vexit.com forward slash podcast. And we'd love for you to join in on all our conversations that are taking place throughout our social media channels and on vexit.com. By the way, you know, if you have ideas for topics that you would like covered, or maybe it's a problem you want solved, you can connect with us directly and I'll get it at podcast at vexit.com. Our goal is to help you live your best life by giving you access to knowledge and expertise you can trust. And then when the time comes and you do need a professional, 
you'll know where to go by using our free matching tool. Thanks for being here, and I hope you'll join us next time. The Ask a Expert podcast is a production of Exit and distributed globally by the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.